What's up, everybody? Fresh from Hungary, right after the race. Um, I don't even know where to start. Maybe Ferrari continuing to make mistakes and screw things up on the strategy. We can start at Mercedes. We know you want to start at Mercedes, so we can start with them. Yeah, like it was. I'm happy with the result, but like it was kind of Mercedes was kind of like doing their thing. Like there wasn't too much. Like I was, yeah, like whatever. Come on, bro. We know you want to say Lewis had this phenomenal race and he's the best racer. Get it out. Let's nah, talk about Mercedes. we ain't doing that. We ain't doing that. Like it, it's good. I'm happy. I just think like the big highlight today was just Ferrari continuing to throw away points. Like that's. I'm not a Ferrari fan, and it's great for Mercedes. I mean, it puts Max in a really, really great place in the drivers. But yeah, I mean, Mercedes is 30 points away from Ferrari. Like, I told, I think they're gonna come second. I mean, it's possible for them to come second, but first is impossible. Like, yeah, they're not coming first. They're not coming first, bro. Well, I'm glad you said it on air because you've been saying there's a hope. There's hope. So, yeah, it's not happening. Yeah, it's not happening. But um, yeah, I th- I don't even want to start with Ferrari. Um, like Formula One is a game of tenths or thousandths. But uh, Max Verstappen, as good as he is, he's been so lucky. So you know, when you put it on paper, right? What happens if his MJK, uh, MGUH or K, whichever one, it failed three minutes later, which was the first lap of the next race, because it failed on two minutes left in qualifying. His spin out, he literally spun a 360. If he went reverse, so lucky. he would have lost so many points. He would have lost like four spaces. So lucky. So like, as good as Max has been, and you know, I got to give him his flowers because he drove a very good race. Like Max was really good. You know, if his MJK, MGUH failed the next day on the first lap or second lap, we're having a different conversation. If he doesn't spin, if he spins out, and goes the opposite way where he has to reverse, he's behind Carlos, George, and Checo, and it's a whole different conversation. So, like, yeah, game of inches. This this has literally been, Max has been so lucky, man. Like, Charles so has got the short end of the stick, and, and nobody seems to ever want to say that. It's like, Charles has been getting the short end of the stick, and that's not to hate on Max. Max deserves it. Max is a great driver. You need luck to win, but let's not act like, and I'm not saying you are, let's not act like Max hasn't got lucky in a lot of different ways this year. Well, today especially, like that spin out for him to only lose one place that he really just got back right away was that is luck. Yeah, he went he was super lucky today, like so lucky because any if yeah, it literally inches, man. And yeah, what about his Emmy, Lewis? What about his, what Lewis could have won this race. Yeah, what like, about his power oh. failure, like from yesterday, from yesterday, right? Like. And I mean, even today it failed again, and obviously it was a qu- like they figured it out really quickly. That was a sen- but probably a sensor issue. Yeah. But sensor at the end of the issue, day, yeah. like if it's when it actually failed yesterday, it was literally at the last lap on Q three. So he's literally if he didn't do maybe one more lap in in FP one, that failure might have came come up on lap one of the first race, right? Which changes the whole dynamic. But you know, shout out to Max. He drove really well. Um, I don't think. I mean, he made that mistake. Uh, That mistake was compounded because he spoke of how he had to switch his gear, right? He had to switch the settings, which kind of made the gear tricky, the gear switching, whatever it was, he he said. But um, yeah, I mean, he drove pretty much a flawless race. But also, 
you know, we talked about this last week with the Mercedes, and I mean, of course, it benefited the Mercedes again today, but Max Winnie was also circumstances of Ferrari's dumbness. No, I think Max was always going to challenge for that. Because, for, like, when you, when you think of that, like, Charles probably should have won, but Max had a chance because he put them on the back foot in terms of strategy. I don't want to say it's, it was all Ferrari's dumbness. Red Bull also was good on strategy and put pressure on people to make those decisions. You know what I mean? With yeah, the I mean, they pit. pitted first. And the undercut. Yeah. I mean, he passed Lewis on the undercut, right? If he was, Lewis was ahead of him before the undercut. So Red Bull was really good. Like, talk about, they've probably been the best team in strategy for the last 24 months. Like, I don't think it's close. I think they've been better than Mercedes, and obviously they've been better than Ferrari. Yeah, I mean, they've made the right decisions, but they also have the best pit team. We, we don't talk about this because he didn't win, but Checo got a 2.1 off. Like, when's the last time we saw a low two? It's usually like 2.4 to 2.8. Low twos. I mean, uh, Carlos had that 4.6 second stop. Like, we know Mercedes is always slow. Like he, Carlos <sighs> had two of them. He lost about 3.5 to four seconds. He had the four like, point. I think the four point. It's just three. so bad. And you saw Benato like, leave and come back. Like, I don't know what's going on there with that team, man. Yeah, I just don't think they know how to win yet, right? And that comes with time. So my expectation, as I've been pretty consistent on, is I expected Ferrari to compete for a championship this year. So they're doing what I expected. Next year is when I'm actually going to expect them to go out and win one. And whether that's changing your strategist, changing Bonato, whatever that looks like, but next year you guys should be the winners or at least be very close. Um, it was interesting to see, though. I mean, you know, I don't understand why Charles took the early pit. Like, who cares about matching the undercut? Like, I don't know why they felt the need to match the undercut because Charles, what did he pit? A lap after Max? I think it was one lap after. But he got on his, he got on his mediums, I think 10, like about eight to 12 laps after Max did on his first pit. Max pitted on like lap 15. He pitted on, I think like, like lap. Yeah. I don't know why they kept him. uh, It was just. The the running long was fine because Charles pitted on like lap 23 or 25, call it that for his first stop. But then why would you pit him immediately at, to match Max's undercut? Why not just run the strategy that they did and run your last stint on softs like Lewis did? You see what I'm saying? Like, it didn't make yeah. sense. They should have matched Mercedes style where it's like you're running long on the mediums. You keep running those long too. And then you give a ch- chance to end softs. Like, what, what's up with the hard strategy? It didn't work on anybody. <laughs> it was and, so and, and, bad. You know what? You're mentioning Ferrari's stra- strategy. Another Ferrari engine DNF today. Yeah, Bottas. Like, we started the year saying that Mercedes had fucked up their engines, all the rest of it. But, like, of late, it's the Ferrari power units. Yeah, I, don't, I wouldn't say Mer- F- F- Mercedes fucked up their power uh, unit. It's just they've made a slower power unit, right? And I know I sent you the material yesterday. I don't know if you got a chance to look at it. But Ferrari, I think for the next five, four years, is in a better position than Mercedes is because Mercedes can't improve their power unit. While Ferrari's power unit is better, but it just has reliability issues, which are an allowance of the rules for improvements you can make. Yeah, exactly. So, so you know, maybe this year it hampers them, but I think long term, unless Mercedes, unless Mercedes power unit is really just a thing of the car, the car is heavier and that's why they look slower. I think long term Mercedes is the one that's going to be hampered with their engine because, you know, they're in a lock and the only things that can be improved is reliability and stuff like that. So it should be very interesting to see as you know we don't we don't get into a new era until 2026 so we got four more years of this power unit exactly 
So you got to hope that, especially for Mercedes as a team, they figure out how to, you know, unlock performance that's not necessarily from the engine, but via aero and balance and downforce. So we'll see. But irrespective of the future, let's talk about this race some more. Like, you know, once Lewis got onto those softs, he was flying. Yeah, I mean, he did say that the cold temperature probably favors Mercedes better. Their car is better at nursing tires, and I think that's the one thing that their car is really good at. It's very graceful from what they've said. It doesn't stress tires as much. So I think he could just fly with the softs a little bit more. Um, I think he needed about five more laps to catch Max. About yeah, for sure. About five more laps. I mean, the rain would have made it interesting. If 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 it was a full safety car, it would have been f- like Abu Dhabi 2021. That's literally what, uh, who said, was it Ted? Who said I, that? No, I think it was Crofty. <laughs> Yeah, he's like, we don't want to talk about a one-lap uh, Mercedes Red Bull. <laughs> but it would have been interesting to see, um, you know, Max had to nurse his way around that, la- that that technical circuit, which Lewis made up like three seconds, but obviously that's not enough. So interesting race. I, th- I thought this one was all about pr- pit and strategy. And, you know, Ferrari's the worst at that. So it makes sense why Ferrari lost. Man, like, it's bad when you've got Crofty and everyone talking about, like, the race is not even over, and they're like, yeah, everyone's already writing the headlines for Ferrari tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, they should, though. Like, it, it was really stupid. Like, I, I go back to the thing where it's like, first of all, you're on hards. And second of all, why do you feel the need to match Max? He's on a completely different strategy than you. Exactly. They need to, like, they were so... This is what I've noticed with Ferrari. Like, they're so confused or maybe, like, bothered with everything else. Like, they're not focused on running their own strategy. Yeah, and I think that I think that's what you learn as you become a champion, and I think that's the next step for them actually becoming a championship team. So I, I think that you know they'll be better off for next year rather than them just win and blow everybody away. But it, their car is still the best car on the circuit when it's under when it's under Charles Leclerc, right? Like Charles was the fastest on the track when it when he was on the C threes, for sure, and he was he was way faster than his teammate. Yeah, I mean we should talk about that too, like. You know, Carl, you know, I, I hate the word casuals, but, you know, your average fan is going to look at it and say, well, Carlos had a better race. And, but there was a clear difference in pace because Carlos could, ca- Car- Charles made George look bad. Like, he, what did he make up? I think from, in six laps, he went from behind George to five seconds ahead. Right? Exactly. And Carlos couldn't even catch George at the beginning or even at the end when he was on softs, you know, his mediums, he wasn't making up time. So. There's a massive gap between Charles and Carlos. And, you know, Carlos may have walked away with five more points or whatever the total is, but it's four more points. But, man, Charles is way better than Carlos. That's just, I think that's just fact. It is. And you saw, like, how Lewis got, Lewis got past Carlos. And, like, it wasn't even, it was, Carlos was just struggling. I mean, his tires are struggling. So I won't put it, I won't say it him, but, you know, part of that is Lewis is, the tire whisper. Lewis is tip- is the best driver when it comes to tire management. Um, him and Alonso. I mean, I guess experience does do something for you in F one. Talking about Alonso, Alpine. They they got it wrong today, bro. They did. They did. the The hard tire was just not smart. Hung- uh, Hungary is all about strategy, as we learn, right? Like that's just what we learned today. And you know, there was a lot of overtaking, which is good. And you know, I I hate to compare so with Monaco with no walls because. <sighs> You know, it's not Monaco with no walls. It's just yeah, I see the idea of like there's a, it's a technical course. Strategy plays a big 
part of it. So I understand where the Monaco comparisons can draw from. But also, this is now the new era where cars can follow better. I think in the past, it was maybe tougher to overtake. But today, we saw plenty of overtakes. But I thought we saw enough overtakes in 2021. We saw Lewis make his way through a whole field. We saw Max make For his sure. way through the field. He went from ninth, like 18th, 19th with a damaged car all the way up to 9th last year. Remember, he, 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 he still finished that race and made some points. So I just think it's a myth, man, because ultimately, you know, although, you know, Monaco has the slowest corner or bend in, in the, literally, you go so slow there. It is yeah, exactly. so tight. You got to change, they got to change the whole setup for that track because you have that corner at like maybe, it's crazy because you, you, you hit maybe 30 a, kilometers. At the end of the day, this is not Monaco with no walls because you saw Max make a, make a pass on a corner that, you know, wasn't the straight. And, you know, is a risky place to make the pass. But I think really what it comes down to is Monaco really feels like you can only pass down that long straight, right? Like that is literally the only place you can pass where here it's a little bit more risky, but you can still make over overtake attempts. But we don't have to dive into Monaco versus this track, but it was a fun, fun race overall. Uh, like I said, George wasn't going to win this race. Um, I thought he drove a pretty good race. Charles kind of, you know. Pull pull the fast one pull the fast one on him when he passed them, but George got a, had a solid race. I thought Lewis drove really well. Um, it seems like Lewis was just racing his own race. He didn't really do much. Great start, and then he just you know was racing his whole race, and he had to pass Carlos. So this is that's pretty much it. This is Lewis's um, fourth straight podium, and you know obviously two back to back double podiums for Mercedes. So I mean you couldn't have asked for a better finish going into summer break. Yeah, especially where your car is, right? Mercedes' car still is not... There, there's a clear gap between their cars and, and Ferrari and Red Bull. Now, we're talking about purely car. Now, when you talk about strategy and everything and reliability, that gap is not as wide when it comes to, when it comes to Ferrari, but I still think there's a major gap between them and Red Bull. Like, yeah. it, it's not and close. He, I like Lewis's, you know, post-race interview there with... You know, and he's just like, yeah, you know, I'm going to train, refocus and get ready for the second half. Like Lewis is dialed in right now. And this is what we see as the season goes on. He gets further dialed in. Yeah, I, I won't say much about that. I mean, it's right on trend for Lewis, you know, like, yeah, I, but, you know, last year he would have won the championship if he was dialed in from the jump. So, yeah, I don't, yeah, we'll leave it at that. I mean, George is doing training camp. So, I mean, that's just the answer everybody gives. I think everybody's going to give that answer that they'll, they'll take a little break. Apparently, uh, Marco Helmet thinks that Checo's already on vacation, bro. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, we, we won't talk about Marco Helmet here. We can do a whole podcast. How, what did you think of Checo's uh, performance today? Went from 11th to 5th. Nothing wrong with it. I thought it was solid. I just don't believe Checo's comfortable in that car, right? I think that car has been developed more, more towards Max. And, you know, people want to say driver, driver, but drivers have clear driving styles, right? And if your car doesn't fit your driving style, you're going to be... You're just not going to do well. You're not going to do as well as you would, right? Like, you're a circle peg trying to fit into a square hole. So, you know, if it is what it is. Checo is going to do what he does. He's going to... Red Bull's going to win the constructors this year, it looks like. And Max will win the drivers. And, you know, he'll have a job until 2024. So, shout out to Checo. I thought he did what he's supposed to do. You got... Like, people underestimate. It's like, you can look at any other sport. If you got to wear shoes that you're not comfortable with you're not going to perform the same way like it's just like the car man like 
it's crazy that you can always look at one team, two drivers, and have two completely different results. Yeah, I mean, that's why, like, you know, you give Danny Ricardo a very hard time on this podcast, and it's like, you know, I, I think it's been since day one, and McLaren has verified that this is not Danny's typical driving style for his car, right? I do think Lando's yeah, a better driver. With it. But, you know, Danny Ricardo with the dance moves overtook two people. <laughs> Um, it was a, a great a great race for for McLaren to get ahead not of really. uh, Alpine. They're not they're not really ahead because they finished right behind eight and nine. I think eight and nine are the same points, right? I don't. I think it's not. It's it's marginal. No, I mean eight and nine are is four and two points, and uh, seventh place is six points. So yeah, I didn't do anything for them. It, it yeah, and I mean neutral. Danny Rick finished. Danny Rick finished like far down. Yeah, because he had the five second penalty as well, but. You know, yeah. that, but but on another note is like, why did McLaren put them on the hearts? Like what? You mean Alf? No, I mean, Danny and Lando went on hearts too. Why? Yeah, that is, I don't get any, I understand you got to go two different compounds, right? But like the hearts did not make sense. Yeah, I think the difference is, is like, you know, Charles didn't really have a choice. Right, you weren't going, going to finish softs in the last thirty laps. There's no way that was happening, right? That's why it would have made more sense to start on the softs. Like even, I mean, it worked great for Lewis, medium, medium, soft. But like, I, I was like, why not just start on softs and then double stack the mediums? Well, no. Well, I, I think I think either strategy works. Lewis's strategy and Charles or George's strategy is the same thing, but flipped over. There, there is no difference in the strategy. It's two mediums. You either start with the soft or you end with the softs. Ferrari just didn't execute the timing of them. They should have ran Charles longer on the mediums. But they pitted right yeah. after Max pit to match Max. It did, starting on the softs or ending on the softs, that's a strategy. It's not medium, medium, hard. Regardless if you started For on the sure. softs or ended on them, remember, Lewis did the exact opposite of Max and George, right? Doesn't mean, like, it was, it was the right selection of tire compound. It's when does the strategy make sense? And them pitting to Max matches under uh, Max's undercut was really stupid, because you know even if Max undercuts you by five seconds, you saw what Lewis did with the softs after. Imagine what Charles could have did, right? And I I don't think he was pushing hard. I think Charles mentally might be boomed. He might be mental boomed. <laughs> I I don't even want to know. Like Charles is probably happy that summer breaks here because. He's just dealing with so much. Like, I feel you've got, he's trying to deal with the team and doing what's best for the team. He's dealing with all the outside noise. Then there's fr family, friends. Like, Charles is probably just happy that he can just disconnect for a few weeks and kind of recalibrate. Mm -hmm. Well, I don't know. I, I don't, I'm not a psychologist, so I won't read into it. But I, I definitely don't think, I definitely think he's obviously upset. So. You know, I'm not going to dive into his mind, but I would be upset if I was Charles. So it, it was, it's interesting to see what's going to happen. But, you know, Max drove a hell of a race. He opens up the lead by 80 points now. So that's quite yeah, a bit. It's, uh, I don't think there's anyone catching Max. He's going to go to his back-to-back -back second straight championship. Like barring circumstances, no one's catching Max. I mean, he, what is he going to Three straight DNFs? Like Charles has had three of Three three DNFs in the last six races, so yeah. I mean, just, like you have to understand that things happen in racing, right? And no one's gonna sit here and say that it's gonna happen, or or like 
it's supposed to happen, but circumstances are circumstances. No different than I say, well, you know, Mercedes has circumstances to get on the podium. Well, Max can have circumstances, and that could be the reason why Charles wins a championship, right? So you got to kind of look at it both ways. And, you know, Max is bound to take a penalty sometimes. Charles has already taken a penalty, right? That's one race he can make up some points. So there's different ways to look at it. But, you know, unless circumstances happen, this is a Red Bull championship, which, you know, kind of sucks because then Max backs up his back-to-back. And then um, Christian actually takes away the constructors from Toto. And that one's going to be the sweetest championship for him. Oh, Christian is going to, if he can have a double driver constructors, it's going to hurt for uh, Toto for sure. But yeah, you know, like I said at the start, Mercedes has got number two in their, in the crosshairs, but uh, they ain't getting number one. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think uh, Mercedes has a shot at all of number one. I, I don't even think they win number two, actually, unless their car develops. Their car is still not there for me. So I'm saying there's probably like a, 20% chance that they get second in the constructors. But these two weeks shows that there's a lot of development to be made because the whole team's in the factory. I know you get a month off, but uh, well, you get two weeks completely off with a factory shut down. Every driver has to be shut down, and then you have two weeks together, so you can make some serious strides. I know I messaged you this morning saying I was just thinking about why Mercedes made up pace, and maybe their upgrades finally, they tweaked them, and they actually made sense, and that's where their paces come from. Their upgrades have actually done something for their car. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, I mean, you heard Lewis too. Like he said, obviously the pace is still off from the the top, the leaders, but he's optimistic that they're heading in the right direction. And, you know, they've always, they've stuck to it this season. They could have retracted, but they've stayed the course and said, nah, we're going to figure it out. Yeah, I mean, when you say you've heard from Lewis, Lewis is always optimistic. So it doesn't change anything for me. I mean, there were times this earlier this season he was far from optimistic. Well, he's never said that we're not going to keep fighting and we're going to figure it out. He said, what the hell's wrong with this car? This car is undrivable. But he's never said, oh, I give up. So by you saying like you've heard Lewis, you're always going to hear optimism from Lewis on that. He's going to keep fighting. He doesn't give up. Right. So th- it doesn't change my opinion when it comes to that at all. But yeah, um, let's talk about AlphaTauri because it was a disaster for them oh. again. It just gets, it's just getting, going from bad to worse for that team, man. It gets worse and worse, man. I mean, it's very hard for me to sit here and say that those two drivers aren't good enough. Because I think both those two drivers are very talented. And I think everybody in the world would agree that uh, Pierre Gasly and Yuki Tsunoda belong on this grid. But they're kind of looking like Latifi and Albon out there. They are. They're not, the team's not scoring any points. And like today, they lost to freaking Aston Martin, bro. Well, the, I mean, we could talk about it too. Aston Martin's been slowly climbing. If you notice, they're always in like between like 9th to like 14th, 15th. They've been making moves, man. Especially with their new upgrades on the rear wing, which mimics more of the 2021 ring with more downforce. And obviously the, the green bull that they copied Red Bull's design. Yo, Sebastian Vettel, my dragger. He got a, he got a point today. He did. I don't know why he... It looked like Lance let him through, by the way. Yeah, I mean, I didn't understand that, but it, it was definitely interesting. His tires were probably falling off a cliff because he's on softs. So maybe they just said let him through instead of letting him fight. But um, because you know what happened yesterday, uh, last definitely. race. Last race, they almost got into accident right at the finish line. So maybe they're like, okay, just let him through. So interesting to see. I think Alfa Romeo had a pretty good showing. Like Joe and Bottas were pretty competitive, obviously, until the DNF. Well, I mean, it is when we talk about 
the disappointments in AlphaTauri. Um, we looked at, obviously, Haas was just a non-factor today. You look at Alfa Romeo, and we talked about it with Bottas. Today was out of his control, but damn, like he has had a terrible run of late, with, 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 which is both a combination of his shitty performances and then just reliability. Yeah, I think that they haven't looked as strong as it at the beginning of the year. And I agree, Bottas hasn't looked strong. But, you know, you said Haas and Alfa Romeo don't look good. But aren't they where they're supposed to be? Because 1, 2, 3, 4, 5 is locked up with Red Bull, Ferrari, Mercedes, Alpine, and McLaren. Right? And then it's it, it's a th- toss-up between Alfa Tori, Haas, Alfa Romeo, and Aston Martin. And Aston, yeah. I more compare like Bottas to Joe when he's losing to Joe when Joe's making it out of a qualifying he's not right when you say Haas didn't have, a, have, didn't have a great race we also understand when Haas performed well at Silverstone in those races that's where the car was most optimal for right this is not an optimal car for this uh, circuit for their car so where did they finish like 15th Haas finished in what the 7th or 8th best car yeah I mean when you put it into perspective like that, I mean, those teams are a toss-up every week, which is fair because after McLaren, then it could be anyone. It's it's what what car favors your circuit, what, what circuit favors your car, right? And I don't think that Hungarian Grand Prix or Hungary or Budapest, whatever, what's it called the Hung- Hungario ring? Hungarian, Hungarian, yeah, wh- yeah, whatever it's called, we won't butcher it. But um, I don't think it favored their their circuit because they spoke about how much. Um, Silverstone in the Austrian ring favored their car, and this is a completely different circuit. So that's kind of my initial thoughts on it. I thought that Alfa Romeo would do better on this track, though, to be honest with you. But I've also noticed, like, this year, um, teams that have brought upgrades, and it's not true for every team, but um, initially when the upgrades are brought in, you sometimes see a lack of performance because driver has to adjust to it but then it takes a few maybe a, a race and a half to kind of get into or come into its own we saw we've seen it with williams we've obviously seen it with haas um and as well as i think all the bottom teams yeah i think you have to understand how those upgrades work on your car right and that's what it comes so sometimes down to. you're like oh upgrades are coming the team's going to automatically do better same with mercedes but you have to figure out and there's still a lot of development and testing that's going on in real time that's why it's hard for us to say that these upgrades have done this after the first race. You can only judge it race by race. I did want to talk about, you know, where does Ferrari go from here? We didn't really say, like, do we have some changes in personnel during the summer break? Over summer break? Oh, I don't know, man. I think that it can go either way. I, I wouldn't be surprised if nothing changes, and I wouldn't be surprised if there is a change. I think they need to make changes. I really do. It's... Not, maybe not Bonato because, you know, what we've been judging Ferrari off after is not Bonato's call. You know, the strategist for Lewis Hamilton is Bono. It's not Toto. By the way, I think Bono was working with George this, again this weekend. I don't know if they switch engineers because Lewis is like, you know what, maybe it's more beneficial for George to work with Bono. But um, I could be wrong. But that's just a quick note. But, you know, as much as we judge Bonato off these strategy calls, we can't because he doesn't make those calls. We had to judge who he puts in place or how he corrects them. Exactly. That, so, I was literally about to say that. So, like, I know, I know you're hard on Mattia because you've never been a fan of Mattia, and we are pretty hard on him in this, on this podcast. But what he does from, like, if he switches someone out now or next year is what we should judge him off of. Because Toto doesn't make the calls on strategy. He lets his strategist do that, right? So, should be interesting to see. 
I really think they need to make a move ASAP. I think Charles, you know, confidence is a very fragile thing in any professional sport. And if Charles doesn't believe in your team strategy, and neither does Carlos, like, you're entering a slippery slope to build that up, back up for next year. Yeah, I mean, it's just embarrassing. Like, I know no matter what, like, you have to just look at the current situation they're in, and it is embarrassing. Yeah. Like I said, I didn't expect them to actually win a championship. Yeah, I, but you talk about confidence. Yeah, the reality is it's embarrassing. The team's not putting Charles in a position to win. I think everybody would agree that, you know, strategy aside, I think he was, they had, he's the, was the fastest driver slash car combination today. You go into this race, you guys are 2-3 and your rivals are 10-11. Like, you, you went into it and you knew that you were going to be ahead and that didn't happen. Like, that's terrible. It is bad. It's really bad. But I also told you, you were sleeping on Max yesterday about a fifth place finish. I slept on him I too. Was. I thought it'd take him longer to get through people, but obviously, you know, he made the jump quick. He was in eighth place like quite quickly and he just ran through the pack, but he's Max fucking Verstappen at the end of the day. He is the best driver on the planet. It, it, like in my opinion right now, like Lewis is, is right there with him, but he has the best car. So I'm gonna give him the best driver. Max and, and you know what? Max and Lewis both had great starts. Yeah, I, 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 no, no, no. Max was safe. The Alpines, and, remember, the Alpines pushed right and Max went flying past him. Well, no, because they bumped. Magnussen bumped and that's how he got through if you watch the replay. Lewis had a really good start, but Max was very careful. He, he was driving. Oh, like, yes, yes. Never mind. Never mind. Yeah, Max was careful. He was very but careful. That the there was Alpines an accident right did screw up, I think, at the start because they both kind of shifted to the right on the inside line and then they were like backed up on each other. And then Danny Rick hit, Magnuson hit Danny Rick, which allowed Max to pass through. That's right. That's what happened. So yeah. Lewis had a really yeah, good start. Lewis. Lewis had a very good start, but Max, no. Max was just, last year he wouldn't have done that. Last year he would have went full yeah. throttle and tried to get through. So you've seen the development in Max. That was his issue last year. That's why it was hard to put him as the best driver because you still see him make these mistakes. This year he hasn't made those mistakes, man. So it's hard for me to say he's not the best driver in the world right now. I agree with that. And it was also like Lewis, when he was on the grid before the, you know, during the formation lab, he was like vibrations. And then right before race start vibrations again in the brakes. And I was like, oh shit. But obviously it obviously wasn't anything. I mean, I wouldn't say it wasn't anything. I think Lewis just knows how to deal with his car. He's the, you know, he's Lewis Hamilton. I was going to say, so there's two things, right? These are my last two points. It's crazy to think that Lewis has as many titles as everybody else combined on the grid. Because Seb has four, Alonso has two, two, and Max has one. So next year when yeah. Seb retires, Lewis will have more titles in the whole grid. No, no. He does have. He has seven titles. Yeah, and there's seven on the thing right now. Oh, yeah, now. there's seven on the grid, yeah. <laughs> so That's crazy. next year, there's only going to be four titles on the grid, right? So he's, yeah. he, he's going to have more titles than everybody like, else combined. This the is grid. the other thing. Because sometimes you just forget until it's physically in your eyes, like at the end of the race. This was Lewis's 188th podium. We talk about drivers never getting on the podium. Like, yeah. we understand Lewis's dominant force. Like, when I saw 188, that's, yeah, that's crazy, bro. Um, you know, this is a very early take, but Max is going to challenge Lewis for 100 wins, bro. He's at 24 already, and he's only 24 years old. For sure. I don't see that but, slowing down. Like, obviously, if, if Red Bull is continues 
in the place that they are and obviously through this entire era with the with the engine they have yeah like he is going to challenge him and with longer seasons it should i mean we, you always well, say records are meant to be broken the the seasons aren't going to get longer than this they'll say around 22 23 it's legit. I don't think it's logistically possible to do like 26, 27 races. But no, I mean, you're going from February to November, man. You get two months off. Like, it's crazy. I know that it's probably spur of the moment, but you said someone some will probably never challenge his Lewis's wins type, uh, podium record. But, you know, because Max started so young, like, he started when he was 17 driving F1, right? Like, yeah. it, it's kind of yeah. different than Lewis. Lewis might take less races, but Max might actually challenge the sheer volume of wins, which is impressive. But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, they're both great in their own right. Lewis is the GOAT next to Schumacher, whichever one you want to debate. But it's just interesting to see that, you know, when I saw 24, and I'm like, this guy's 24 years old. I'm like, you know, if he races till he's 40 years old, that's another, you know, 13 to 16 years, depending on how long he actually decides to race. If he races till 37 like Lewis, that's 13 years. On the average of getting six races a year, wins a year, he'll be right there with Lewis. So for sure, crazy to think. So do you think? Um, here's a question for you: Do you think Lewis Hamilton wins a race this year? Um, I think so, but I could see him not. If I was to bet, so he's does more he likely... become the first driver to ever win post 300? I races. think so. Like you know, a couple thoughts, right? This just came to mind, but I was thinking during the race, like you know, Mercedes is a great team because you know you had Ferrari when they had the disaster. It took them two years to pick themselves back up. Right, the 2019 end of the season they sucked. The 2020 season they were absolutely abysmal. In 2021 they were okay. Mercedes has became competitive in the matter of six months. Yeah, I mean, if you look at where we were coming out of you know pre preseason testing to now, yeah, it is incredible rebound. I wouldn't say it's a rebound, but they've made a lot of strides, right? And Bro, it shows you why they're so. Which race was it? Like Lewis Hamilton didn't even get out of Q1, or Jadal, yes. or something like that. <laughs> But but my point is, it's like I, it's not a rebound till you actually get back on the mountaintop. But they're on their track there, and you know they're still competitive, which shows you the culture of that team and how good Toto is. So shout out to Mercedes. Now my last thing, I just want funny thing, I just want to bring up is how do you feel about the grid walk from here versus Miami? It's changed, bro. Like I I feel like. Um yeah, I, I, I'm not a fan. I don't even think there was a grid walk last week. So you're not a fan? No. See, cause, so I wanted to have this conversation with you live because you only like star power. But like when you have this grid walk, you actually get to hear from engineers and like personnel of the team which speak about their actual trials and tribulations and what the team's working on and their challenges. So I actually like these grid walks more because... You know, when it's Miami, it's DJ Khaled. How do you feel about coming to Miami? Oh, yeah, it's great. Yo, you know, Miami's a city, blah, blah, blah. Do you wait? How do you feel? Oh, yeah, it's great. It's like the same answer from everybody. Yeah, F1's cool. Yeah, like, yeah. It's growing. So I never liked, personally like those grid walks. These grid walks, you actually learn something. So I've actually quite enjoyed it more. But it shows you, like, just a different interest of both of us in terms of coming to this podcast. Is you love the flash. You love the stars. You love, like, what formally represents the entertainment side of it. Well, I really, like, just get down to the racing and the nitty-gritty. For but, sure, and the technical side of things. So there's like two different fans in F1. It's interesting to see how, you know, we see it so differently. So you don't like these gridwalks, but I love these ones. And I hate yeah, the Miami I ones. Mean, you love the Miami ones. Of course. And that's what, you know, that's why we all have different interests in it. But also just talking about it on the entertainment side, France last week, Hungary this week, both record attendances. Like F1's not just growing in North America. It's growing globally, man. I have a thought on that. Do you think that has to do with COVID and like actually being able to fully pack an event or you think we're just going to see 
continue to grow. Well, they were record attendances. So pre-COVID, they're still breaking these records. Yeah, but my thought process behind that is like, you know, the Hungarian rank of ring went for six years. So they knew it's coming every year. So people weren't hyped. But this is like the first one out of COVID where they can have a packed house. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, I'm interested to see if these numbers continue to grow. I think they will grow, but I'm saying it could be a spike because they haven't been able to visit the event for three, for since 2020. So it's been two years since, for since sure. you can have a packed house. Yeah. So it's just interesting to see if it's affected that, but I think it is the growth. But, you know, it is. We, could see, uh, we could see a different result next year. So very interesting. But, you know, they had a record attendance of what, almost 300,000 people there on that yeah, one day. Man. On that one day, which is exciting. We go back and forth. F1 doesn't do a good job promoting the Hungarian Grand Prix. If they put spent half the energy they spent to Miami, this event would be bigger. Yeah, I mean, we—that's the energy you've brought, and I think it's fair. Like you can't, pro, you can't pick and choose which events you're gonna really promote. And, and, and so I think it's like this is the way I look at it. And, and you can't compare. It's not the exact same thing, but you know, if the NBA Finals only promoted when it's in Golden uh, in San Francisco or LA or these major cities, but when it got to Toronto or you know Milwaukee, they didn't do as much promoting it. How would you feel? How would fans feel about that? No, but yeah, they put yeah, in the I mean, they put in the same energy every single finals. Now that's different because that's seven, that's a three week event. So I understand it's not the same model, but just like looking at it from but that this perspective, is also the mentality of American ownership. Like it makes complete sense to me. We all know next year Vegas, they're gonna literally go crazy, right? Like it's just Vegas is gonna be even, Vegas gonna be Miami times ten, bro. Vegas, exactly, it's gonna be Miami times ten. But here's the thing: Does Miami see the same promotion it sees? No, so this year. No, because it'll be me, a new a shiny Tory. That's, yeah, that's a mistake, that's, though. And my point is, it's American. That's American mentality. And this is an American, North American Owned. F1 podcast. So that gives me an interesting perspective. But it's just, it felt very empty as a race. But I, I enjoyed this race a lot because... I did too. For me, it was all about strategy. Like, this wasn't the same as, like, Austria. What was our last... It was Austria, another last one, right? No, France. No, Paul Ricard. Paul Ricard, sorry. We just yeah. came from... Power card was a lot more of a race circuit. This was all about strategy and tires and pitting. And it was a great race, in my opinion. So I really enjoyed this weekend. I don't really have much else to say to our, our listeners. How, you got anything else on the docket? No, I think we're going into summer break and we're going to cover a bunch of the other, you know, storylines that we kind of want. Aston Martin. We'll probably get into Marco Helmet at some point. Yeah, like we'll break down quite a bit. But the first half of the season has definitely being like a roller coaster there's been huge highs huge lows depending on which team you're following and you know what i'm happy with it i've been i've been generally happy i know i said that for me that you know this felt like a true constructive championship for the drivers and it still feels like that but um you know i would say this year has been better than last year because you've had so many developing storylines i think a big one is obviously mercedes getting back to the top the mid pack has been a lot more competitive so Listen, McLaren and Alpine are four points apart. Yeah, and you know, it was no different than last year between Ferrari and McLaren. Yeah, right? so that's a difference of millions of dollars, and there's going to be a battle there right till the end. So ultimately, this has been a great F1 year so far. The salary cap has done what it's supposed to do, but let's not mistake in it. Like, there's still, two, there's still three top teams, and everybody else is just attending playing the dance. in the sandbox bro they're just yeah attending the dance <laughs> playing in the sandbox it's always going to be like that no matter what you try to do so i, I want to throw this question out to you quick what do you grade mercedes season so far at the halfway point um i would grade it a 
C minus. Is that from the start or from like understanding your car is not the best? Is that like from A to Z or that, understanding where you yeah, started? Yeah, I mean like, no, no, no. It's, it's a C minus because it's just being bad. Like you're, you're eight-time constructors championship and you got it wrong. So I, I, my grade's a little different because I, I like, we knew they're not the best car. So I've given them a B, a B plus. I think they've done very well starting from the first race to now. You're starting from the exact, the exact second 2021 finish, which is fair if you started from there. I don't disagree with your mark there, but I was more talking about like their prog progress of their car. Where did you grade it? So, I mean, that's it from us, unless you got any last words. Nah, man. It was a hungry. Even France, like, it's been fun, man. Last two races have been a lot of fun, and we'll take summer break, cover other stuff, but first race back will be spa. and you know oh god. hopefully it's not raining oh god <laughs> well, hopefully it's not raining we got obviously aston martin we will definitely do our bernie ecclestone pod this summer break for sure that's Holy. coming the bernie pod is coming aston martin we'll probably talk about ferrari a little bit we'll probably do a driver's ranking so that's some of the things you guys got kind of on the go until summer break to hear from us so make sure you guys subscribe make sure you guys keep tapping in even though there's no more racing for a month which is very sad Yes, we'll be giving you content throughout. So stay tuned, show some love uh, wherever you are. If you're not following, hit follow, subscribe. Give us five stars on Spotify and Apple. All right, we'll see you guys next. Uh, see you guys in a couple of days. Peace.